All right, today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. Has it really been three years? Actually, probably a little bit more by now, but it's time to celebrate our anniversary. And what better way to do that than the mock legislation of alcohol laws throughout the world? <laughs> We're going to do some, probably going to do some celebrating, so sorry in advance. Uh, so how about you join us as we have a drink? <laughs> Have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. It's it's like we've all been around each other for way too long. Yeah, probably. I was just thinking when you were putting stuff in the chat, like, we need to get a picture before we disassemble all this of our duct tape setup this time. <laughs> well, it's actually a pretty good setup this time. Duct tape setup and medication as I look over and see my heartburn medicine. Yeah, we already got a picture of that, and- so... And as it's an ibuprofen, yeah. the, the Bob diet. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. At little, the little the morning after with the Gatorades and water and <laughs> everything paraded around. It's still it's still <clears throat> a duct tape setup just because we're not equipped for like having a lot of people in the studio, you know? And I am a lot of people. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> if, it, if, he, if, if Casey were here, though, the, yeah, this, none of this would work. Casey would be sitting in someone else's lap just... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so right. I would ask, what have y'all been doing? But I know, pretty much, yeah. Uh, you've been playing Zelda on the couch. <laughs> it's been great. Brittany's been playing WoW. Look, I um, miss WoW, and since I can't play it, WoW is not portable unless you have the companion app, which kind of sucks. Oh, look, Zelda <clears throat> is great for its own puzzle make puzzle solving. WoW, WoW is a great time killer. <clears throat> so in our. Uh, drunken haze last night i completely forgot about mentioning uh my my having to travel for work and what that was like oh, yeah. so they sent me to the far away town of mount sterling kentucky uh it's a skid mark of a town that's somewhat unfair to no. skid marks <laughs> but uh so Thank you, guys. Uh, so uh, when I got there and checked in the hotel, the hotel was dirty, um, kind of musty. Did did not was not a fan of the smells coming out of my hotel room. But uh, probably because no one had just been in the hotel room for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> because who's going to Mount Sterling? <laughs> exactly. And it's one of the older hotels there. Anyway, it's where the company put me up. First morning, uh, the coffee was not that great, but by the second morning. Uh, they were completely out of coffee. I was going to say, the coffee was gone. All, all coffee, gone. <laughs> so, uh, kind of kind of in a bad spot there. Uh, there was one big machine down, like some big vending machine thing down in the lobby. 
and everyone was taking their travel mugs and just like plastic jugs and things and filling them up with coffee as though you know there was a water scarcity <laughs> it's a coffee scarcity exactly okay. and <laughs> it was there was like oh we've only got decaf because even that machine eventually ran out and it was it was turning into rough times at the hotel because it's <laughs> nothing but a bunch of men traveling for work like uh, everyone's in town to work and that was it that's all the people that were staying there so it was kind of devolving just, over the week i'm sorry all we have is decaf then you need to set me up with a still i'm gonna <laughs> get the caffeine back into this thing <laughs> yeah uh things were getting rough and uh thought it was gonna become mad max after a while just like <laughs> you could hear the drums in the elevator as people were coming open up the elevator you just see a guy in like white body paint just <laughs> Witness me! Holding coffee pots. <laughs> instead of, yeah, instead of it being mugs. the world being uh, around gasoline, it was all around caffeine. Do not get, a hold get of. addicted to coffee. Another weird thing down there. Um, yes, most of the people traveling and out-of-towners, all about some coffee in the morning. Notice the locals, and if you know the area, you won't think too much about it. It's L8. Yeah. All the locals in the morning were coming in to work, drinking L8. Or a late one, as Eric corrected last night. It's a late. <laughs> I was like, you have to let us say things wrong like we're supposed to in Kentucky, okay? No, it's a late. It's a Kentucky beverage. That's how it's, what it is. But it's got the little one on the little thing. It, yeah, it's the joke, but yeah. why waste time? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that was uh, bad times. Also, I ran into the issue at Applebee's. I was kind of hyped. I was like, yeah, I'll get ready for Oktoberfest at the Applebee's down there because they are doing the Applebee's doing the $2.00. Oktoberfest. Where, you know, at, at participating locations. Yes, this was not a participating location. I was able to get uh, $4, $4 Oktoberfest that were actual 16 ounces. Mm-hmm. So, all in all, it wasn't too bad until I tried to go to the local steakhouse where they served all three types of beer. <laughs> Bud, Miller, <laughs> and Coors. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Lord. All, all I can think of them is also them going like, you walk in and it's like, oh... Is that Marl Haggard playing? Oh, yeah, no, we got both kinds of music. Yeah, that's that was pretty much it. And then everyone had gone on and on about the salad bar at this place. And then you go to their website, and they're like, best salad bar in the region, and blah, blah, blah. That's a weird hat to hang on. Like oh, In that area, best. yes. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's check it out. And I walk in, and I'm like, so it's slightly larger than a Pizza Hut salad bar. And it was no. all like iceberg lettuce, didn't you say? No, they had there an assortment of things. But it was okay. a weird of assortment of things to put on your salad. There's going to be ham. There's going to be eggs. For some reason, just, as soon as you cheese. said weird, I was like, Cheetos. there might be some lettuce. <laughs> there was a little lettuce. I mean, it Could was be more ranch than any other dressing. Yes, there's uh, or no other dressings at all. I was gonna say like the the thing I can think of is uh, uh, watching people make salads at the things like oh yeah no here's all the deviled eggs you want on there. <laughs> No one wants this. Like it's fine. You'll pay by yeah, and bacon bits. Mm. There, there, there. Yeah, they kind of killed me with. So, they hit me with the special because I'm getting paid back for everything I spent, getting all my receipts reimbursed. So I'm like, oh well, I'll, I'm going to eat all this, you know, great stuff and blah blah blah. Rent up a bill. Company's going to pay me back for it. And then I always everything but the alcohol and tip. I always ended up paying more on alcohol and tip than <laughs> actual food. And I'm just like. Damn it! Why can I not do this? 
Yeah. Also, yeah. let's let's think real quick. Cause you described it as a Pizza Hut salad bar. When was the last time you saw a Pizza Hut with a salad bar? That's been a long time. I guess the Giovanni's would be a better yeah. comparison for us. Yeah, it's just like it's just been so long since I've seen them have like you know their buffet and their salad bar, and you're like. Because normally the Pizza Huts now are just like the hole in the wall sort yeah. of thing. If you have one at all. But, yeah, we don't have the image with us, but I do know that that they have some terrible marketing at that Applebee's for their Oktoberfests, though. Mm. Yeah, so there was a really creepy image of a guy, if you make it to an Applebee's during the Oktoberfest season, and this guy is a true creeper. He looks, he is staring off of the placard. Didn't Uh, you get a picture of it? Yeah, I I sent it to the group, but uh, I didn't put it. I didn't put it in the Discord. I need to do that. But this guy looks like he's going to molest someone. <laughs> yeah. It looked like, like, try our Oktoberfest. Not if he's given it to me. He's so done he, something to it. He was staring at me. Then I had to turn the placard away from me and make him look at everyone else in the restaurant at the bar. And then they all got creeped out and had to eventually, like, face it down. Like, no, this is too weird. <laughs> no one can see this. No one can know. Uh, well. <clears throat> All, All right. right. Well, uh, we already need to do some announcements. So, again, this one is going to be posted later. So, our next live episode is will going, be live. Yes, we'll we'll actually be live. First Casey of all. will be back. Yeah, it'll be a full, full normal episode. It's going to be Saturday, October sixth, nine p.m. Eastern, of course, on Twitch. And we're going to be talking about the Jack Daniels Distillery. I forgot we had that in. I know. Jack Daniels. The shoot, and I was like. Oh wait, we're doing what? Oh. Well, it's gonna be uh, a we? it's gonna be kind of a twofer episode. It's gonna be Jack Daniels slash Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So uh, get ready for that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, of course, we're gonna be you know hammering this home for a minute. Um, Drinktacular in Asheville, North Carolina. Ooh. It'll be February twenty second to twenty fourth. Um, patrons will probably get the updates first, but you know we're also gonna try to update the website when we can. It's just. It's easier to send a Discord message than it is to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although, with, with how we have the website set up, probably not too difficult to update it. It's not as easy... I can update it on the go, but it still kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Smoke says, like, it should be easy to drink to style on that Yeah. Jack Daniels. Yeah, if there's anyone who can't find Jack Daniels... <laughs> what are you doing? Then I don't know what, what I don't to know do what, for you. Yeah, it's like, I don't know... Are, are you Amish? Or any Tennessee whiskey. Like, you can just, if you don't want to limit it to Jack Daniels. <sighs> Drinktacular. Yeah, Drinktacular. Uh, we're all getting pretty pumped for it. Uh, actually, who all is attending seems to be uh, shifting and rotating around. So, Brittany can't make it because there will be a month old <laughs> hanging around here. So, uh, we don't feel it would be appropriate to travel with a month old. And, and potential snow. Strap it to the yeah. Just strap him to the roof of the car. I'm I'm kind of pumped about snow, but kind of not because I don't want it to get in the way of actual travel there. Yeah. So. Don't want it to be too bad, but also thinks it would think it would look pretty nice in those mountains. Oh yeah, oh, it yeah. would be gorgeous there. Good lord. And anyone who would be uh, flying in, don't worry. I think uh, we looked. Casey looked into it, and there's a shuttle from the airport to the downtown hotels for like a dollar. Oh, that makes okay. sense. Like it, it costs nothing. So. You don't papoose. have to worry. <laughs> Strap him in the papoose. All right. Rambling about North Carolina aside, I think we have some news. So, uh, speaking of bourbon, or whiskey, we'll say speaking of whiskey. Yes. All right. We've had a big uh, swap 
for a lot of higher up executives and distillers for several uh, bourbon distilleries. Hmm. So we've had uh, big moves at Maker's Mark, Jim Beam, and Heaven Hill. Master distillers for some of bourbon's biggest brands are moving. Greg Davis, who has been the master distiller at Maker's Mark since 2010, has been named Director of Distillation for Jim Beam's Claremont and Boston Plants. 2010 wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, God. <laughs> Not a full decade, but What have I done with my close. life? <laughs> uh, this was announced uh, announced in, from uh, Beam Suntory, which owns both Maker's Mark and Jim Beam. So huh. some of these moves are still within the you know conglomerate. Uh, Davis, who spearheaded the installation of the third still at Maker's Mark, mm. as well as the brand's expansion, will focus on Jim Beam and the small batch bourbon collection. Uh, that's according to the announcement. Uh, and the new master distiller for Maker's Mark will be Danny Potter. Denny Potter. Denny Potter. Uh, Denny. Most <laughs> so go get Denny's. a moon, moon over oh, my hammy. I'd love to go to Denny's. <laughs> most recently master distiller for... Uh, he was most recently the master distiller at Heaven Hill. Hmm. Potter spent seven years at Maker's Mark before moving to Heaven Hill. He was named master distiller in 2013 after Parker Beam became master distiller... Emeritus? Emeritus. Emeritus. Like he's retired. Yeah. But so still, that's still involved, but yeah. So but that means <laughs> Are there any of the beams currently I think yeah, I can't remember what not not working with the family because we covered that story. Yeah, recently. they're not there. They're at uh somewhere else. Yeah. <clears throat> so Josh Josh Haffer, spokesman for Heaven Hill, said the distillery does not foresee any disruption. Our distilling warehouse and whiskey innovation teams are exceptional and all remain in place. Many of them with decades of experience going back in some cases as far as Earl Beam. We are happy for Denny moving forward. We will look for someone who can maintain the traditions of our previous master distillers, including a commitment of heritage, quality, authenticity, and transparency. So yeah, you don't have to worry about Heaven Hill. It's kind of like that whoever's at the top is just... Like, they have everything set right now. Like, there's, mm. you're probably not going to get a big... Not going to have anyone rocking the boat right away, anyway. Yeah, like, the everything's there. They know the recipes. It, they can keep rocking this forward, anyway. It's just you're not going to get anything new for them trying. That said, anything that new that they try, you won't see for, like, you know, yeah. six years. So At least six years, anyway. So that, that means in the next six years, you might not see any huge, innovative things coming out of Heaven Hill. Uh, Beam Suntory also announced that Victoria McRae Samuels, who is currently Vice President of Operations and Plant Manager at Maker's Mark, will be relocating to the Global Innovation Center in Claremont to take on the role of Senior Director, Global Quality for Beam Suntory. So that, that kind of a... Where is Claremont? Like, they keep saying the city name, but I don't know where the, what that is. No idea. <laughs> uh, I think New York. I don't know. <laughs> McRae Samuels, who joined Jim Beam in 1989, uh, became director of operations at the Maker's Mark Distillery in 2008, and in 2010 was promoted to vice president of operations, becoming the only woman to hold such a position in the spirits industry. Nice. Uh, Victoria and Greg will be truly missed, and I sincere and sincerely grateful for their outstanding and consequential contribution. Wow. So these moves are... Substantial, but it's not going to really disrupt. They're not. Lot. They're not going to completely different places. 
Yeah. Well, Claremont, I'm, Kentucky. Oh, well, okay then. They'll, there's probably going to be some some changes slowly, you know, once they get situated in and you know, see the state of their, their wherever they're at. But, you know, it's, it's in the case of, like, the Maker's Mark to Jim Beam switch, it's really just moving parts of the company around. Yeah. So... It's moving, I mean, with the conglomerate thing, it makes it kind of really strange. But also in the Heaven Hills, like, they're losing, just flat out losing Master Distiller. Mm -hmm. And they don't have someone coming in immediately to take the place. But again, it's it's kind of redundancies are in place yeah. for this kind of thing. Uh, the op- Every day-to-day operations can't keep moving forward with all the brands that we know and love out of Heaven Hill. And we're not going to suddenly, you know stop seeing uh mckenna tenure or something like that yeah but uh, other than its own scarcities hmm. so uh, in claremont kentucky it's the jim beam american still house hmm. there's kind of there's the actual distillery part and then uh, the barrels and everything and then kind of a museum looking thing and yeah it's like a whole thing it's it's interesting to see a lot of big moves. We've been seeing a lot of big moves in, in higher ups in the beer world more lately than we have in bourbon. So yeah, um, it has been setting kind of stagnant. But then bourbons also we're seeing a lot of huge things happen, especially over at Heaven Hill yeah. with the uh, the loss of the bottled and bond, <sighs> so they can crank out more McKenna tenure. Yeah, but uh, that's an understandable decision to make. So I don't know. We'll. We'll see see what these shake out to be, so I'm pretty sure we'll have a news story in coming weeks about a replacement at Heaven Hill. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into this uh, different topic. <laughs> oh. We're not that drunk. Seeking bastards. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. I was talking about Beer Fest with someone at Oktoberfest, and we realized that when I watch it now and I hear that clip, it sounds surreal because I'm like, wait, are we doing news now? Yeah. <laughs> Do I have a topic? So many things. So yeah, this is our uh, anniversary episode. Third anniversary. Good lord. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's been three years, but then at the same time, I have to think about all the New Year's Eve episodes, you know, like. It's the way we keep track of time. Kind of feels like it's uh, been longer also. I don't know. Yeah. Depends time, on how you look at it. Time moves strangely. It does. I don't know, but it's... It, I don't know. We thought it would be a fun topic to cover, especially since this is a, a listener suggestion. Yeah, about, so Tyler actually suggested this, Speed Dubs. Uh, but how... Uh, you know, the amount of traveling we've done with, you know, doing a part of the show and stuff for finding running into weird laws while you're out there is kind of kind of always been a headache mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh we're going to utah good luck getting getting anything strong the tra- yeah the travel we've done as a group the travel that casey like as mentioned in weird places he's been and then just like the the uh there are patrons fans of the show and stuff where they live you know it's uh, everything has been vastly different so it's just been interesting to learn all this stuff yeah so we thought you know let's talk about some of the some weirder ones we could probably do this is a regular thing at some point because th- there's more of these. Oh, very many more. This is kind of just a highlight yeah. of <laughs> the weird laws around the world. But so let's start off with uh, we're going to start off with some ones in the U.S. because mm-hmm. we know those laws better. 
ish. Uh, but we'll start with Oklahoma, where where under- the wind comes sweeping down. Oh no, no where under state law, <laughs> uh, beer, wine, and spirits over four percent alcohol by volume, and really wine that's under four percent ABV. Yeah. <laughs> you want to find me a spirit that's under four percent ABV? I know, right? Anyway, uh, beer, wine, and spirits uh, over four uh, percent ABV must be sold at room temperatures in stores. Currently, legislation is being moved through Oklahoma State through the Oklahoma State House of Representatives to allow refrigerated beer and wine sales. But for now, you're gonna have to just wait, bring it home, put it in the cooler. That one has no explanation to it either. It's like, what's the reasoning behind like? You wanna drink just warm Bud Light right from the? There's other states that have this law too. Yeah, we'll just don't get it. We'll get to them, but it's a thing. I, I, I just see them looking at it, going, all right. If we just put a switch, you know, change this up now, at least it'll stop them from. I my it's, assumption is it's to stop them from drinking and driving, like to like buy just a, a drink oh. when they get it. Yeah, you know, buying a buying a tall boy from the gas station and cracking it open in the car as you're driving. But those aren't going to be four percent, you know. I know. I feel like those it are going to be really help. Bud. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying they made good laws. Yeah, I'm just I'm just baffled. All of these are well, not all, but some of these are just like really. <laughs> Well, how about Mississippi, where they don't have they do not have an open container law for drivers, just as long as they stay beneath the legal threshold for intoxication. If your blood alcohol content is over 0.08 uh, and you're stopped, you will qualify for a DUI and any and all relevant charges and punishments. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so no open container laws is very weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing that I see that go. Really. <laughs> Just gonna drive. Not even gonna drink it. Just gonna open up a can of beer all through Mississippi. Just well, because if you don't get pulled over, then you're fine, right? Like, they, well, they come over like, sir, have you been drinking? This place smells like beer. No, I just opened this up for for an experiment. <laughs> well, it also comes down to a lot of the big uh, alcoholic slushies and things you can get. Those are technically open containers, hmm. and a lot of places skirt around it. Like, oh, if you leave the wrapper on the straw, it's right. technically There's... not an open container. I yeah. think we've got one of those down in the list. Okay, because <laughs> some of the places will have like the the drive through that you can go go to. Yeah, I mean there are places around here that are dry. Ew drive through liquor store. Ohio thing. has drive throughs yeah. Tons of them, yeah. And I always see that and go, I mean, Kentucky, well, there's one back home. Yeah. Mm. And I always like look at it and go, this feels like tempting fate. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, Did it in Thailand? Just to, just because I could. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so, so Smoke says Indiana has it for convenience stores, but it's changing now, at least. Yeah. Indiana, I expected to have a lot more weird laws. Speaking of Indiana. Yes. Uh, according to Indiana state law, establishments that sell individual drinks must have food service available at all times for at least 25 persons. At a minimum, they have to serve soup, sandwiches, coffee, milk, and soft drinks. So that's weird, but not weird. I'd like, I, what convenience store can't you buy a pizza roll? Pretty much. <laughs> Like that's what they're gonna offer the like they're gonna have all that stuff there at yeah. the convenience store. So smell sell individual drinks. So like, even if you're at a restaurant, I assume like I mean that's a given. But mm-hmm. even some bars don't have like full on food. So this will be even the bar will have to have they have like you get like a Pepsi and a, and a beer or something. They have one. I'm I'm betting there are places in Indiana where like they have a bar and so they can sell you like just like a can of something. They have one big vat of terrible soup. <laughs> it's just been or sitting like, there all day. They're just 
No, it's been or sitting there have, since like, they first opened. No one ever buys any. They just have to offer it. It has to be there as an option, and they just sit there constantly. Or maybe they just have like a it. deep fryer. You can you know? buy this twelve-year-old soup <laughs> if that you is, want. That is now fermenting and has its own. You picture with like cheese in it, and you're just like. (laughs) Picture in a stew where they've put milk in, and you're just like, Uh, it's been sitting in there way too long. It's got skin on it. (laughs) Three Floyds doesn't have milk. Doesn't have at that point, Brittany wouldn't just have skin; it would have skeletal structure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) It would have the right to vote. All right, so uh, one of the more renowned states for weird drinking laws, uh, Utah. Bartenders at restaurants in Utah must work behind a translucent partition. These... I would have made so. I they would just had too much fun with that. Yeah, yeah. like you can, you can on kind a... of see me. You just see me doing puppet shows back there. <laughs> These structures are known as Zion curtains, and they were put into place to make drinking less glamorous to impressionable kids. In the 1960s, before bars were legal in the state, the idea was born in social clubs where glass partitions were the norm. Almost 50 years later, the requirement was lifted, but only for a year. In 2010, uh, the regulation was put back into place. Meanwhile, researchers have found that there's no actual data to back the idea that the partitions uh, help curb underage drinking. Again, well, no. I, again, <laughs> I would be doing dumb puppet shows back there. It more than anything, just make kids want to see, going, why is there a hazy bird back there? It makes it more mysterious, and like there's like this more whole, interesting. Yeah, it's like are there are they magicians back there? Like how well, are they? I guess the thing to me is like why is it translucent? <laughs> like, you don't want it to be completely black because you don't want them to be afraid of like oh god what are they adding in there? The, but okay, you don't to, want the kids to see too well. So it's just so weird. So also, you take what the worst there, like. Going to the bar. I'm, I'm picturing if this were an actual thing around here uh, during his time bartending, Justin would have been doing some uh, like Austin Powers level. <laughs> uh, no, it would have been. Uh, so think of like uh, like a Red Lobster or a okay. like some kind of like chain. bar. In Those are the kind of places bars. they have yeah. to do it. They would definitely have to do it there because they bring kids in uh, the way they build. They built the one I worked in, there was in fact just a wall I would go around and then serve from a well over there and then come back with their drinks, so God only knows what I was giving them, but it's just, uh, okay. Alright, Georgia. The Georgia. Peach, <laughs> the Peach State has no law against drinking in public. Georgia. <laughs> this means residents and visitors to Savannah frequently enjoy a cold beverage in the city's squares and parks. You just can't be drunk in public there. You can drink, but you can't demonstrate that you're drunk. I want to get a thread that needle. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot harder the more you've been drinking. There's a lot of laws that we came across that are actually just along those lines. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's perfectly fine to drink there. You just can't be drunk there. Yeah, they're they're against public intoxication, but if you're having a beer at a park, it's whatever. So that's pretty great. So you can just. I think that's reasonable, though. Take a case of beer down to the beach. It's a moderation thing. If like you're just. Everyone like, gets. It's fine to drink, but it's don't. It's a limited get... number of beers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Iowa. It's common for most people to leave their credit cards with bartenders as they enjoy a few rounds with friends. Not in Iowa. The Hawkeye State prohibits running a tab. As crazy as that law sounds. It was probably enacted to uh, protect business owners from the old shady patron uh, drink and dash. A lot harder to do now with cards, though, because you just swipe them and you're like, all right, 
just keeping this open, and if you're not back before yeah. X amount, 90% tip. To mm. be fair, a lot of times, so, like, when I was traveling uh, recently, I would just do a cash for my alcohol. It helps keep you from going crazy. It's yeah. easier. And be like, I'm just going to cash them as I go. Especially at certain places. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, we have, we're moving uh, northeast. Uh, Massachusetts. So, everyone relishes that feeling of ducking out of the office early and heading to the bar for discounted drinks. Unless you're from Massachusetts. The Bay State forbids businesses from running happy hour specials as a public safety measure. What? That's, that, there's a couple of places I think that do the, the you're not allowed to have happy hour because... That just seems weird. Yeah, it's, it's I guess so you're not drunk so early in the day. That way, if you're only drunk at night when you're only hitting <laughs> older people on the road, I don't know. Like Yeah, yeah. like, I need explanations <clears throat> behind these, I guess. We, we need to go to some state houses and question some representatives. Yeah. Uh, so, don't be a mass hole, Smoke says. <laughs> Uh, so, Nevada, I'm trying to get used to saying that the right way, I guess. Uh, so, in bar, bars can and do stay open for 24 hours, and liquor can be sold at supermarkets and convenience stores. Open containers are permitted in Las Vegas and the nearby Strip. Also, state law explicitly states that it's not a crime to be drunk in public, because drunkenness is a health problem. It is. And obviously, what all those people sipping gin and tonics on the patio of the Bellagio's pool need most is the Nevada State Legislature's support and sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like this is this is the right way to go about this. So it's, Nevada is just like open, like just it's just a reign. health it's a health crisis in Nevada. Uh, they need to get. Uh, They've been trying for years to get Las Vegas under control, but it's an epidemic. CDC can't do anything for it. They're down there handing out water and Gatorade. They just can't they can't yeah. get it under control. By the way, in at Oktoberfest, you look out there and there's a dude selling like, you know, cold water for like a buck, Gatorade two dollars. Yeah. Like individual ones. I'm just like, yeah, if it costs about like eight bucks to buy a, like a forty some case of cheap, <laughs> whatever brand bottle water. Dude knew what he was doing. Yeah, th- those guys were smart. Those are also the guys selling ponchos. Second, it starts raining. Ponchos? Ponchos! <laughs> yeah, okay, they turned around and started selling ponchos as soon as it, the rain started, but then you had the uh, guy advertising for Geico giving them away for free. Yeah, if you were willing to wear a Geico poncho. But they not everybody did that. Yeah. A lot of people had the plastic ones on, or the, the, the free ones. Or, um, yeah. yeah um, so, next up in <laughs> Smoke. I just found my favorite state. It's Nevada. Uh, <laughs> in Maine, like many states, Maine restricts the sale of liquor on Sundays. In this case, prohibiting it before 9 a.m. There's an important exception. 2013, sharp-eyed Mainers realized St. Patrick's Day would fall on a Sunday that year. Not to worry. Governor Paul LePage um, signed an emergency law allowing allowing liquor to be served as early as 6 a.m. when the holiday falls on a Sunday. (laughs) Crisis averted. I, I, I saw this one and went, I need Tyler to confirm this for me at some point. I yeah. need someone from Maine to go, no, that happened. That's He got reelected in a landslide because of that. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure, yes. <sighs> All right. Well, next up, we have Louisiana. Louisiana. I wonder, I wonder what kind of liquor laws they have. Uh, I'm surprised that's the one that's like 
Not the non-existent thing. <laughs> well, a state known for its traditions, though not necessarily puritanical ones, Louisiana was one of the last states to raise the drinking age from 21 to 18. It has taken additional steps to combat drunk driving, including open container laws, which discourage drinking in a vehicle, at least in theory. The law acknowledges the state's ubiquitous drive-by daiquiri stands, yep. with the provision that uh, considers a container closed as long as it has a straw and hasn't, uh, as long as a straw hasn't been put on the lid of the cup. <laughs> really? And, well, they have a thing. A recent transplant describes the apparent logic of this. As my friend once said during my inaugural drive uh, drive-through dra- daiquiri run, "We're not going to drink while we're dri- drink it while we're driving. We're just going to get it. Then what are you going to do with it?" We're going to say, stop and drink it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. We heard about this when we had a friend who lived, who was from Louisiana. And every time she would go visit, she'd mentioned, like, oh, yeah, we went through. Everybody got a cup. And <laughs> they just put the wrapper on the straw. And, and you go, oh, it's it's closed then. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that's. <laughs> they would get, like, rum slushies and, like, a whole nine. Yeah. Then you'd go stop somewhere. Yeah. All right. Back on the road. <laughs> Technically not drinking and driving if the car's not in motion. That's, uh, that, isn't that the logic that the one guy in Florida tried to say? Yeah. No, I stopped. <laughs> he only drank when he was stopped. <laughs> Jeez. Hit a red light. Time to do a shot. That's a terrible plan. Yes, <laughs> that's that's awful. Uh, so, what about Idaho? Idaho's liquor license uh, apparently can be bought and sold. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> There's black markets weird. for these. Uh so they may not do it as much as New Jersey, uh, but the state's quota system has drawn attention for different reasons. The quotas, which allow for just one license for every 1,500 people, are designed to be strict. Temperance was written into the state's constitution, which calls for uh, calls it the first concern of good government. I'm going to keep sure. my thoughts to myself. But granting exceptions has proved tempting as well. Uh, as a result, the state, uh, a spat of laws that uh, seem to open the door only <laughs> op- uh, only to if only a crack like this one highlighted by the Institute of Justice. For example, in order to get, grant an exception to Clark House, a historic bed and breakfast on Hyden Lake, the legisl- legislature passed an amendment lifting the rural license ban on any hotel that has existed for at least 75 years and has been put uh, been on the historic registry for at least 10 years, is situated within 500 <laughs> yards of a natural lake containing a minimum of three, uh, 36,000 acre, acre feet of water when full, with a minimum of 32 miles to the uh, 32 miles of shoreline, and is located in a county with a minimum population of 65,000. That is t- explicitly written to help one place. I was going to say it's so specific. They wanted to make sure they're like this. We want this one place, but ha- we can't just say this one place is exempt. And they could have I- just stopped at like the historic register part. Like mm. in reality, if I had unlimited funds, I would go to Iowa. This is Iowa, right? Idaho. 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 I'd go to Idaho. I'd find somewhere in a county with a minimum population of 6,500. I'd find a historic house that has been there, and then I would dig them a lake. <laughs> Just go, here you go. So, no, isn't it what they were saying is, um, so it has to have been in operation for the last uh, 10 years. Yeah, for a minimum of 10 years. Right. I'm saying no, no, you, so you, you, you satisfy the... everything else but the lake. It exists. Yeah. No, and has... 
has been in existence for at least 75, 75 and been on the historic register for a minimum of 10. So, so if, if you keep those two things, you're still okay. All you have to do is go around finding buildings on historic registers. And then building lakes. <laughs> well, and which 500 would be yards a of a... Prob- which would be a problem since it's a historic no, area. 500 yards of a natural lake. Oh, natural lake. Yeah. Look, and then you still little... got the 36,000 acre feet of water Okay, we're going to have to get on some... Uh... <laughs> Some sites and figure Plus out. the 32 miles from a shoreline. Look, I want someone <laughs> to skirt, or I want someone to use Find this to, to open another. Around. Yes, and what I would like to see is like, okay, hold on. Let's run down this again. So 75 years. So we find one that's 75 years old, and it has been on the historic registry for a minimum of 10 years. Then we pick up the the, the place, and then we tr- we drop it off at another historic That's it. Place. No, you can move historic buildings. You can mm-hmm. have it. the whole thing moved. There you go. Within 500 yards, yards of a shoreline, shoreline of a natural lake. lake. As long as it's in a, uh, with 32 miles of shoreline. And 65,000 population. The law states nothing about the property. It's only the structure. Yeah. Yep. So, so that's it. We just skirted it. Come on. My gosh. We're going to Idaho. We're, we're going to make this work. We just need unlimited funds. <laughs> All right. Well, what about Florida? Uh, well, brewers beware. Florida doesn't allow craft breweries to, that sell more than more than two thousand kegs a year to offer growlers. What? That's weird. A sixty-four ounce container is an industry norm in most states. Not for Florida. Come on, Florida. Uh, you would think like the crazy state, Florida, that no, no growlers. It, it seems a weird. That one doesn't make like I'm. I could you could argue some weird safety thing or whatever for a lot of other places. Like this one, I I got nothing. So that means if I go down to Cigar City, I can't get a, a growler. growler. Most likely, no. That seems dumb. I'm willing to bet they're off. I don't know. Uh, crowlers' uh, legality is real, you know, hit and miss. So I don't even know if you could get crowlers. What if they have crowlers? Like half the That'd size. That'd be funny. Of... Like maybe if it was a size thing. What if the... Okay, so it depends on how they, they define a growler. So maybe you just have slightly smaller growlers and yeah, they so give you, you like a cup. You can get part. a howler, just a, a half yeah. growler, so would that work? That's what I'm wondering. So maybe it's the 64-ounce thing that they're not a fan of. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. There's, But still, what, why? <laughs> like, maybe that's why the people from Florida are so crazy. They can't get their growlers filled. They can't get beers, so they're out there doing bath salts. <laughs> which wasn't true at all, but... Running naked in the streets, I don't know. Well, you know where you can get your growlers filled? Michigan. 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 I mean, that would be a travesty if you couldn't. Michigan ensures that everyone gets their full share of beer. Uh, drinking establishments can't advertise pints of beer unless they're serving all 16 ounces. Uh, beer drinkers can file a complaint if they discover that they're being shorted. <laughs> if yeah, being, being the keyword. Key yeah, if they're if you're drunk, you're probably not going to notice you're missing missing an ounce or two. However, we had a story about about this on, I guess it was one of the early news shows, I think. Yeah, about a pub where they ordered new glassware and didn't pay attention to the ounceage, and I guess someone, or state uh, state officials, someone found out that it was under 16 ounces that they'd been serving people, so they had to throw away all the new glassware. Yeah. And now, is it one way or the other, though? Because it says you can't advertise pints. So if you're not saying, hey, get a pint of beer, can you still serve the under 16 ounces? That was my thought with the whole thing. Is like, why would... Okay, so then use, use them for your half pours or something. I don't know. Why did they have to throw away all of that, all those glasses, and they could just be like, oh, well, we just advertise it as a lower amount. Yeah, because that makes it sound like 
you straight up can't serve under 16 ounces, period. Well, that said, do you want a glass that is like 50... Uh, sorry, 15... Oh, because they're saying pints. Yeah, 15.5 ounces that you don't fill up all the way and call it a half pint. No. So, like, it, it's probably just like... If we can't use them, they're not useful to us. Well, it's regarding regarding pints, and so it's you can't have a sign out front saying four dollar pints today, yeah, and then you're saying, serving like... it in a fourteen ounce glass. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you can't bait and switch people. Yeah. Michigan takes their beer stuff seriously, so they do. They do. So, uh, Pennsylvania, the Keystone State is uh, actually not where Keystone is from. So, <laughs> no. Uh, the Keystone State is notorious for having backwards liquor laws. Uh, there are state-run liquor stores, uh, state and, stores, yeah, the state stores, and privately owned beer stores from distributors. Uh, so you have to go to two different stores to get your Jack Daniels and Miller Lite. What about to get things that are good? <laughs> then you go to a brewery. Yeah. Uh, and when you go to the beer distributor, you can only buy cases, 30 packs or 24 packs. From there, you can go to a bar, bottle shop, or more recently, a grocery store with a special license to get smaller quantities. But you can't buy more than 192 ounces at a bar or bottle shop. Yeah, that's that's strange. That's the uh, that is so weird. Like at some point, you're like, no, I can't. And how do you keep track of, you know, 192 ounces when like, you're shopping at a bottle shop? Well, or I'm sure if you're from there, you know, math, like, just from all... that, you know exactly how the ounceage from a case. Yeah, so I was like, well, this is 16 just... ounce. You know, these are 12 ounce cans, X amount of cans. And just, just you get you get someone who picks up a uh, picks up a bomber or something. It just throws off their whole math. <laughs> like, no. One of the like, this is 13 point something like, ounces. And it's like, come on. You're going to hit, like, 192.5, and you're like, no, no, no. I don't want to break the law. Just or does everyone pour in, some out right now. Everyone in Pennsylvania turned into Rain Man walking around in liquor stores. Four, four, five. <laughs> Wapner. Definitely Wapner. Uh, <laughs> Definitely Wapner. So, uh, those are some interesting ones inside the U.S., but let's look outside of the U.S. Uh, the United Kingdom. In the United Kingdom... Uh, though it's still technically legal for a pub or illegal. Cl- yeah illegal for a pub or club owner to let you overindulge uh, yeah the article was going on we're no historians but we think uh, this dates back to the prohibition of fun act uh, <clears throat> but that's some of the other things we were looking at like we we're talking about with Georgia so you can't be drunk and go to a pub and you can't when if you go to a pub sober, you cannot get drunk while there. You so can you similar. can have some alcohol, but you cannot get drunk while there. While there, it's illegal. They give you they give you in a uh, um, uh, serving industry stuff like videos on how to tell if your <laughs> if your customer is over drunk is you know been overserved or are they drunk? Mm. And usually the answer is go get your manager. <laughs> they will cut them off. Yeah. All right, uh, another fun one from the UK. Since the United Kingdom's golden age of seafaring, it's been tradition for any large Royal Navy ship visiting the port of London to provide the constable of the tower with a barrel of rum, which is called the constable's dues, and also the greatest job perk in the history of employment. 
That is pretty great, but it says tradition, not exactly law. But some yeah. of these are. That's the way a lot of these, uh, especially ones in the UK and Scotland and Ireland. People get weird kind about of, traditions, though. It's a lot of uh, common law kind of things, mm-hmm. uh, especially that way with some states, not all. Where you have these weird, like Kentucky has some extremely strange <laughs> common law things, like you can't carry ice cream cones in your back pocket and all these things like yeah. that. They're not officially laws, but and they had their reason because you could steal horses. By putting an ice cream cone in your back pocket, and the horse would follow you. Sure. <laughs> All kinds of things will follow you for ice cream. <laughs> What's close to uh, to, to England? Yeah, speaking of the UK, because they're still technically part of it. Uh, so, Scotland, as per older regulations that are still on the books, it's illegal in Scotland to propel a cow when boozed up. <laughs> what do you mean? propel so i'm gonna say the wording of this is like, great i'm i'm just seeing cows in catapults it's yeah. monty python <laughs> la vache. not quite there um so yeah the so the Ooh. article the article for this is actually pretty great because it said we're going to just imagine that until these laws were enacted drunken cow races were a constant criminal scourge so you say that drunken cow races that's that's less entertaining so you can't than, propel the cow like to go or it's just no, it's, you, you have uh, Highland it's, Games. You there have these do, big Highlanders doing like caber just tosses, throwing cows, cows <laughs> at each other. It's like, Argh! see, I'm picturing someone just riding a Highland also, cow with like a tankard in their hand. And, also, does the cow have to be the sober one, or does the thrower have to oh. be the propeller? Is it illegal yes. to propel a drunk cow? <laughs> like, have you have you like boozed up this cow? Like, all right, Bessie, let's go. It's important how you word these things. The Scottish games were changed forever when these laws were enacted. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, for Scott, uh, there's a law that says Scotsman wearing underwear beneath his kilt will be fined two beers. How true is that? How uh, that, that? I have to imagine it's true. I like uh, the article. Is like I wonder if they had police checkpoints to make sure everyone was complying. They just keep seeing dicks all day. <laughs> Changes a man. <laughs> yeah, um, you don't wear underwear if you're wearing a kilt anyways. I mean, that's just defeating the whole point. Mm. All right, so moving on to uh, the Scandinavian regions. Sweden. So, want to pick you... up a six-pack in Sweden? You'll need to to head to uh, System Bologet. Uh No, it's on an Ikea end table. It's a chain of government-run liquor stores and... Outside of pubs, it's the only place in Sweden where you can buy beer with an ABV of more than 3.5%. So, it, Sweden's a lot like Utah. Yeah. It's, it's the Utah of Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Finland. So, in Finland, only the state liquor store, called Algo, is allowed to have beverages above 5.5% volume. Uh, the reason they do it, besides the sweet profit is because it helps the state keep track of lo- of alcohol consumption. Politicians think bringing higher volume alcohol to plain supermarkets would make it too easy for the consumer to acquire the booze, even though alcos are usually located right next to supermarkets or inside <laughs> them, uh, and would uh, affect the health of the nation in a bad way. <clears throat> On top of that, you can buy alcohol from stores, meaning booze that you take home, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., Outside of those hours, you can only buy booze from bars, and you can't take the drinks home. In fact, you can't take them outside certain areas within the bar. 
Outside of a few exceptions, like a wagon bar that travels between cities, yes, that's a real thing, uh, you can actually get fined if the cops catch you with a pint of beer in your hands outside of a bar. Hmm. So it's kind of a mix of like the the, the drinking in public thing versus it's a, like... I'm going to say it's a super heavy open container law. Yeah. It's just it's like a weird combination of, of different laws. Yeah. Uh, it's Finland strange. Mm. Also, where was it that that Scott Johnson's sister went to? Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. So she went from Utah to the Utah of Scandinavia. Apparently. That's what I was trying yeah. to see if we were. And now she's in Minnesota, which is the Scandinavian area yeah. of U.S. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Australia, uh, the land of drop bears. Well, land of things that kill you. Uh, in Australia, using a motorized wheelchair while drinking is considered a DUI. That had to be a very specific. Yeah. Well, in 2008, a 64-year-old Australian man was charged with operating a vehicle while drunk for driving his motorized wheelchair. He was traveling <laughs> nine miles on a road to see a friend. All we can assume is the rest of the details, but we're pretty confident to say that he was posing a danger to himself and other drivers. Uh, the wheelchair part was just the headline grabber. It turns out he could have been on a bicycle or a horse and gotten the same charge. Uh, there's actually a U.S. area where it is perfectly legal to drive a horse while drunk. I have seen, uh, what is it, it's one of those things you'll catch, it'll be like a Florida man story or a lot of times uh, people getting DUIs by thinking they can take their riding lawnmower. Oh, yeah, that's or their yard tractor. Well, in the U.S., yeah, you can be arrested that. for driving your riding lawnmower while drinking. Take that, <laughs> lawnmower beer. Uh, in England, uh, a man named Paul Hutton was arrested for driving on a Barbie, uh, Barbie Power Wheels car <laughs> while drunk. So if you're in any kind of vehicular structure or an don't animal... Don't drink and drive drink. or ride anything. Yes. They actually confiscated that car until the hearing. And I he was I left off with a conditional discharge. For I want it to have been impounded i wanted to have gone (laughs) put the boot on it (laughs) ever since there have been beer cans there have been drunk people finding innovative ways to crush them one australian woman made a practice uh cool for the first time in human history when she crushed a beer can with her breasts ouch and was promptly fined for doing so because that kind of power is too much for one person apparently so, it just sounds painful. So we had this discussion before the show. How was she crushing the cans? Was she dropping her breast onto the can, or was she putting them between her breasts That's and smashing it together? Like, I, I feel like it no was... No hands, just the breast went... Ah! She was putting the can down and picking it up and slamming it down on the can. Whose boobs are doing that, though? I don't... <laughs> uh. Well, in Canada... Uh, the bartenders can't infuse drinks because of a law that prevents tampering with the contents of a bottle. When we say infusing, we also mean no barrel-aged aging cocktails. Uh, whatever is in the bottle has to uh, stay exactly that way until the drink is made. The law is mostly about safety. You don't barrel-age a cocktail correctly, it can make a person pretty sick. If you're caught, you can either get a little slap on the wrist, or you can get your license outright revoked. Ooh, Government is currently figuring a way to compromise uh, that would allow the practice and sale of infused liquors. In the meantime, if you want an infused drink, you'll have to do it in your house illegally, like the criminal heathen you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's similar. What was it, Alaska, where they have to sell you all the components? To oh, make, but you can't actually get they it. They can't yeah. mix it for you, but they can sell you 
inside breweries. I forgot inside about breweries, that. yeah, they can or give. Just, yeah, breweries or distilleries, I forget which. But. Something like that, but they can give you all the stuff. Like, well, here's your Coke. Here's your Maker's Mark. Here, <laughs> here's your bitters or whatever. And and properly sized things. And here's yeah. a big glass to. I don't know, stare at. Whatever you want to do. I'm going to turn around and do something over here and not pay attention. Oh, here's a spoon if you need to stir. It's <laughs> the weirdest thing. Well, in Bolivia, a lot of time bizarre drinking laws are put in place for, quote, moral reasons, such as the case in La, La Paz. La Paz. Where a married woman can only drink one glass of wine when out at a bar or restaurant. Slogs exist to make sure women don't drunkenly flirt with men outside of their marriage. That's horseshit. Why can't the men? <laughs> Why do the men not have to? It's always acceptable for men to cheat on their wives. Because everyone knows no man in history has ever gotten too drunk and made a pass yeah. <laughs> at someone else. It's never happened. Not once. Obviously. <laughs> All right. Uh, mentioned earlier in the chat, uh, Thailand is how we're going to close out the laws here. Buying booze is legal in Thailand, but only at very specific hours of the day. Between midnight to 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., you're not allowed to purchase alcohol of oh. any kind. And yes, the law applies to bars and restaurants. Going out must be stressful in Thailand. Uh, you've got a very small window of time in which to get drunk, which so could actually can, be a very fun game. You can either get alcohol... F so between 6 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. 11.01 to... to to 159 you can get liquor and then from 6 yeah, until 11:59 so. yeah yeah you can buy in bulk though smoke what... in chat you can buy in bulk true but i mean like the the hours they set there are so strange it's like a reverse happy hour <laughs> yeah reverse happy hour but unhappy it's also, hour it's like it's like lunchtime and dinner time those are the times you're going to get to to have anything yeah and you gotta slam them you down go like, out, i mean some of it's a little if you go out at, like for dinner at 7 p.m you're fine you can get wine or whatever and you you're you're good but god basically, help you if you go to the early bird special to get a drink yeah so it's between 2 and 5 p.m so basically you're not allowed to have any alcohol for between lunch and like when you would be otherwise working i guess yeah in the chat smoke's pointing out uh you're just buying case quantities to cover you through these times just you're just gonna be a smart consumer. You're gonna be like, well, we're gonna we're gonna get our drink on tonight, gonna get a little lit, so we're gonna buy cases for after midnight, mm. and probably go out to the club or whatever before that. It's like a reverse. It's post gaming. Post gaming. <laughs> they wanted to reduce the times you can buy drinks during the after school time. Smoke said. Ah. Makes sense too. All right. Um, well, to to finish this off here, we do have. Um, Something about drinking cultures around the world. Um, I thought this was a little interesting. There's some visuals on this one, too. We're just going to supply the link in the show notes, I guess. Um, so, this is from The Guardian, which is a, you know, fairly reputable source, I think. Fairly, fairly reputable, yeah. you know. Um, so, this was from uh, surveys exploring drinking advice around the world. Um, in the U.S., for example, three or four drinks a day, which is 42 grams for women, 56 grams for men, is thought to be safe. But in Sweden, that is well over the amount that health authorities recommend. Uh, they're saying 10 grams for women, 20 grams for men. What's more, a standard drink in Iceland 
and the UK is eight grams of alcohol compared to 20 grams in Austria. So the Austrians know how to party. Yeah. It's so, it's just so weird. So South Africa is 11 to 12 grams. That's all you can have for, <laughs> for safety sake. Um, most people just drink socially there. It says in Spain, um, you're, you're at 10 grams. Uh, it says workers stop for brunch with a beer and then follow with a big brandy. <laughs> So, sure. It's pretty um, good lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 14 grams in the Philippines. Once a bottle is opened, it must be finished. Yeah. You know, some the Philippines know know what they're doing yeah. occasionally. Uh, France is 10 grams. I kind of expected that to be higher, actually. Well, they, um, they always have, like, a little bit of every, yeah. It's a, it's a little, down. yeah, that's true. Uh, French drink to savor the flavors and to enhance their food. So that, okay, that makes a little more sense. Australia, 10 grams. Binge drinking is glorified there, actually. Uh, is it, I mean, what what kind of culture would glorify binge drinking? Hmm. I mean, who? Who, who? could possibly? Uh, Italy, 12 grams. Consuming alcohol revolves around food there as well, which makes complete mm. sense. Wine and pasta all day, that's fine. Uh, 8 grams in the UK. So it says, drinking yourself insensible is not only acceptable, it's admired. <laughs> Um, and I love the little uh, graphics they have with this. Yeah, it's actually a, a wine glass that's just, just getting more and less full depending on... So the U.S., 14 grams. This is there's a binge drinking culture. The glass is almost <laughs> overflowing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's and they, they kind of go over a lot of these areas. So New Zealand also says that there's a big binge drinking culture among the youth and the country... And a huge part of the health budget and policing budget is spent on dealing with uh, drink driving, accident, and emergency services, plus other long-term effects um, of alcohol. It says they have a robust liquor industry that lobbies the government fiercely to prevent regulation of alcohol sales. So, wow. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I would have thought that about New Zealand, but who knows. Mm. Uh, Japan. So, people often go to izakayas? Um, it's a Japanese-style pub. After work on Fridays or special occasions with their colleagues. But alcohol is nearly always drunk here alongside snacks or food, meaning very few people get incredibly drunk. There are some cases of people with alcohol-related problems in this country, but people don't drink alcohol in order to get drunk, but rather just to relax. That, that makes sense for Japan. That, yeah. so- that sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, they have a a society, like, it's time to celebrate. They'll go out and... They'll, they'll do the karaoke thing, probably. Yeah. Um, it says Japan's alcohol safety guidelines seem roughly around the same as uh, the UK, but you need to be 20 years old to buy alcohol in Japan. Didn't know that. Uh, although, unless you look underage, they won't really ask you for ID. <laughs> especially if you're Just non- kind of Jap- here, too. Especially if you're not Japanese. Oh, yeah. Uh, Belgium. Beer sold in every chip shop. Uh, I'm not even trying to try to say the other word. Richer. Uh, open bottles of wine to help yourself in the supermarkets, but drunkenness is socially unacceptable. The guidelines seem fair enough, especially having at least two non-drinking days a week. Oh. Huh. So, so that's another one where you can drink in public, but you can't be drunk. So I think I think that's like a reasonable law to me. I don't know. Like mo- it's like enforcing moderation. The law is, come on, pace yourself, scrub. Yeah. Um, so we talked about France and Italy a little already. Uh, what does it say about the U.S. here? So, um, 
Yeah, so this is this is an opinion from someone, but it's a, it's a, it said we had we would have a lot less underage drinking problems if we lowered the drinking age to eighteen. Uh, eighteen is actually a popular drinking age, I think, throughout the world. Um, yeah, we're one of the few places it's it's twenty one. Mm-hmm. Some places it ranges between eighteen and twenty one. Um, well, a lot of places like the UK, it's with um, guardian supervision or something like. If you want, yeah. If you're a parent and you think your, you know, 16 year old is old enough to have a beer or something with dinner, a glass of wine, then it's perfectly legal. I think that's fair. I don't know. I mean, you get around it a little bit here with religious stuff, like I mean, you know, 13 year olds having wine at, in in mass and things like that. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a little tricky, but I. I it's not wine then; it's the blood <clears throat> of Christ. Guy must have been loaded all the time. time. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought the culture thing was kind of interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Alright, well, we've been drinking quite a bit for the past couple of days, but uh, we had to work in some things here because not only is it our anniversary or birthday, it's a couple of other breweries. Hmm. Drink with me, friend. Alright, so, so yes, uh, we have to get into some things that I managed to come across because there are some people, well, well, not... Celebrating third anniversaries, uh, 30th anniversaries. I was like, you know, threes. Threes, yeah. It, it works. Most divisible by, th- you know, it's fine. <laughs> by Multiples. Nothing. It's going to work. So uh, our first one we're going to get into here is going to be the 30th anniversary Imperial Oyster Stout from mm. Great Lakes Brewing Company. And <laughs> we love oyster stouts, and you do not find many people doing them. So I got really excited when Great Lakes announced they were doing this. So, again, it's an oyster stout, comes in at 11% ABV, not, you know, crushing it on the ABV. Not going to not gonna get you tanked. Uh, IBU's low, 37. Uh, could not find a beer advocate score for this one, and they had some uh, wrong information. So, because uh, I guess pretty much nobody's checked into it on there. So I went with the untapped information. Uh, comes in at 4.02 out of 5 on that untapped score. But the brewer's description, to celebrate our pearl anniversary, <laughs> we added fresh shucked oysters and uh, cacao nibs to this special imperial stout, symbolizing the hard work and sweet memories we've shared over 30 years of independent, family-owned craft brewing. Savor the rich, chocolatey flavors and subtle saltiness as you help us toast to the next 30 years. So, all right. Try a little preemptive sip, but we're going to... See how how it oh, smells, it smells so roasted wonderful. and, and yeah, amazing. getting coffee and all that. Mm-hmm. Still, the only oyster one I've had is the the pearl necklace from Flying Dog. All right, which is great. So, oh my, big chocolate and coffee. It's, it's malty and then super dark chocolate. Yeah, so it's like a it, you know it's got like a, a IBU of what thirty something. Yeah, it's low. So, but it. It has bitterness, but it's like a dark, char- dark chocolate bitterness. Not and seventy percent cacao stuff or whatever. Yeah. And the saltiness goes into that because you will get like sea salt and dark chocolate a lot, and that mm-hmm. is exactly how these blend in, and it just makes the dark chocolate pop even more. Tried like a little tiny sip at first, and I didn't get, I guess, quite enough because it felt kind of thin and wasn't great. Took a nice, much better sip that time, and it was like, oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm seeing. Seeing where some of the stuff's going, this this is a bit better than I initially thought. Although this is not a, uh, this is a, a savoring kind of beer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And we've got a bomber to drink now. 
Because it's been popped. And once it's been opened... Gotta end it, finish that bottle. <laughs> oh, this is delightful. I wish I could have some. <laughs> I mean, give it time. There's no telling what's going to be out by the time you're able to drink again. <laughs> and, and I get a glare. Just that. How could you? All right, so uh, a little bit of a large pour on that one. So we got we still have to finish. Still have to kind of yeah. And like it does the saltiness comes back up like the backside of your palate. Yeah. I think the the salt thing is smart for me when it comes to beer. It's like the gosas, you know. I think it adds something. It, like it calms it down a little bit. It does have like a very very burnt flavor on the end. Like, the aftertaste all over my tongue is just kind of like... Because coffee and salt don't go together, and yeah. that's one of the problems you're hitting in this. <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be kind of my, my only complaint. It does, however, have that initial very easy drink of oh, like, yeah. an oyster stout, but all that other stuff there does does leave it with a little bit of a less than ideal aftertaste, but... And it like goes it. down <laughs> it goes down really easy for yeah. an 11%. The I ABV is extremely hidden. I was going to say, I don't taste booze. Not at all. You, 11% is very well hidden. But, I mean, you've got all the coffee, chocolate, and the saltiness. Everything's pretty well disguised. The bottle is really nice, too. Oh, yeah. It's this uh, black frosted, like a matte black. I was say it's like a matte black, and it's like, oh. That looks it reminds so cool. me of the new um, Dead Guy Ale bottles and cans. They do that yeah. matte black kind of frosted look. I really hope we see things going that way because it, what was it? Uh, founders were saying, "Oh, we need to bring sexy back to back to beer, to craft beer." And I'm like, "No, that these bottles and cans look sexy." So it's not barrel aged. No, no, it is not yeah. barrel aged. So that's why well, it's probably not as boozy. Yeah. It's still 11. percent And then the the chocolate is because it's got cacao nibs instead yeah. of just here's some chocolate. <laughs> like, but no, it's it's pretty tasty. We've got. All right. ways to go. We need to yeah, bottoms up. Plinky. Drinky. <laughs> Plinky, drinky. All right. Give it a... Everything a quick rinse. The glass, the pallets. I was going to throw another one in on this. Because I was like, oh, yeah, we should just get a birthday bomb since it's our birthday. But uh, no. let's, let's no. keep at it. <laughs> <laughs> that would not end well. That water tastes amazing. <laughs> yep. Like you the pour some water, water. And it just went like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> it's just malt. <laughs> Alright, Justin, why don't you run us through this next one while I get our pores together? Yeah, let me uh get back into shape here. Uh this next one <laughs> I do love this porter. The uh Black Butte thirty thirtieth birthday reserve from Deschutes Brewery. No word yet on the delighter's counter offer. Um you thought it was done, didn't you? Uh, no, this is an American Imperial Porter. Uh, it's at 12.2%. Uh, 12. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, IBUs, 40, so it's supposed to be a little bit hoppier. Beer advocate score of 4.11 out of 5. The brewery description says, This beer celebrates our 30th anniversary and 30 years of Black Butte Porter. Uh, the 2018 version is an Imperial Porter that was 100% barrel-aged using eight different varieties of oak barrels. The reserve of Black Butte uh, XXX. Uh, at our pubs uh, in 
uh, Bend and in Portland on June 28th, 28, uh, June 27th, 2018, and shipping out soon to most locations that carry reserve series beers. So this one's probably going to be boozier if I had to guess, just because yeah, of the barrel Yeah, you can smell age. it. It smells boozy. Yes, it does. <laughs> that that smells. That smells. It also smells. So the last one, I want to be like, oh, the coffee. It makes you almost redact oh, that on the last one. Do you want to go? The last one smelled malty with a little coffee. coffee. This is heavy dark roast coffee. This I don't smell any coffee. I smell booze. I said this smells boozy, like like I've poured a whiskey floater on my beer <laughs> and some and like maple whiskey. So th- I don't know why it just hit me. So we need to come up with a drink because Great Lakes has the uh, what's the one beer they have that's uh, reminiscent for the. The fire, the like flaming river or oh, something yeah. they have from Great Lakes. We need to do one of those. We need to find something so we can do a whiskey floater and you set the top of it on fire and yeah. we call it like an, an oil spill or something. Call it the Exxon Valdez. <laughs> oh, I love the way that smells. Look, See, Brittany, alcohol, uh, alcohol drink names need to have tragedy in them. That's what we've learned over the years. Horrible. It is. So, um... I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the smell just because of, like, the heavy booziness. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a fan of the smell. I mean, I do like the smell of whiskey. Something about, like, some of the barrel-aged beers go too far with it, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so smooth. That's very reminiscent of, like, what you would expect from a beer like this. It's It smells boozier than it tastes. Yes, it's that's very... That's the case, yeah. It's extremely sweet. Mm-hmm. It, oh, God, it's just, like... It's like Delicious. maple syrup and chocolate melting yeah. over your tongue. I did. I can smell the maple in the, like, just the aroma. Yeah, because I was trying to say, like, it's it's like an explosion of sugar. Yeah. I need to brush my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> a no, real see, problem. If we finish that. both these bottles, uh, there will be some teeth being brushed. But that is very good. I'll, I I oh. like the black, like, I like the black beauty porter to start with. Um, I need to make sure I finish that sentence because it started out funny. Um <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I just, yeah, grammar-wise, it was thick bad. with two C's. <laughs> I think by smell alone, I would probably prefer the Great Lakes one, but again, I yeah, don't know. That is, oh god, that's just so good. I was afraid that it was going to be too cold, and there was going to be like an alcohol sting, and it was going to be way too much. This, this is, is the perfect temperature for yes, that one. it's great. You can do this one a little colder than you would normally do a barrel-aged stout or porter, but this is exquisite. And if I'll go ahead and say, if you like KBS or any of those others, these bottles, yeah. uh, this is just as good and is sitting around on shelves. Mm-hmm. Like, there are cases of this sitting in a lot of bottle shops around here, and I don't know why. This is so good. But the shoots with, um, with this series of stuff, they've been killing it i mean in my opinion the black butte birthday stuff because every year they do a version of this and then also with the abyss every year that is always absolutely amazing knocking it out of the park say deschutes deschutes kills it on a lot of things and they're extremely overlooked that's kind of why i've changed a lot of my drinking habits because there are these breweries that they're not the new hotness and they're not completely in on like new england ipas and all this stuff they are still killing it with a lot of beers, and people just overlook them because they aren't the big new guy in town. Yeah, well, because it's it's that you want to look for the new freshness every time you're yeah you're you're out shopping for beer. Something but different. Sometimes, like I've taken to what I'm doing, like my create your own six pack orders now. I'm just like, you know what? 
bring me one of those too. We're going to get something, get an old favorite or get something from a brand I like, but maybe haven't had that particular thing. But I try to, try not to just to be like, oh, look, they have a, this place just opened last week and they've been making beer for the last 30 seconds. Yeah, that's, you get a lot of that. And it, we really, a lot of things will fall to the wayside. So uh, Abita and a lot of breweries like that. And that's one of the things I miss about when we did the video shows is it's like, Let's dive back in through all of these beers. It's like, when's the last time you really enjoyed a few different beers from New Belgium? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I grabbed one of their, their new experimental things recently. It's like a, I'm trying to remember what it was now. I feel like it had like a, a, a honey profile to it that was interesting. It, mm. it ended up being pretty solid. I just, you know, I like a lot of New Belgian stuff. I'll drink fat tire until I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> Diacetyl aside. Look, it's what it's supposed to taste like. <laughs> but it's I'll not. Make, it's not purposefully, It's purposefully added. Yeah. I, I will make that thing with mashed potatoes all oh, day. Oh yeah. Oh, we still have to do for Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's what we have to do. So we're, uh, we can't go home for Thanksgiving because that is like baby imminent window. So we'll be doing our first Thanksgiving by ourselves. Most of the alcohol would cook off. You'd be fine. It will. Yeah. It'll yeah. cook out. So it's like having a bourbon ball or we something. Need, oh. Now I want to come up for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, you can. It'll just suck for you if we're like, oh, we're going to go to the hospital. <laughs> like, I wasn't already going to get that message and go, no. to the car! Look, it's going to be making what I'm doing for Black Friday extremely difficult. I am, to that morning, going to go, I don't know, can I actually make one of these long runs for Bourbon County? What's, can I make it down to Lexington? Or, because, okay, you we're staying. You said you're going to Louisville. Well, we're staying here for uh, Thanksgiving, which kind of splits me because it would be the exact same distance for me to get to Louisville mm-hmm. and go to the liquor barn there, which gets all, yeah, everything except for proprietors. Like, only the stuff that's only sold out of Chicago for Black Friday, of course, that doesn't make it down there. But every other variant shows up at the liquor barn in Louisville, whereas the one in Lexington only gets uh, the base and one other. Yeah. It had been the barley wine all other years until last year when... So what was it last year? It uh, was the reserve, reserve thing. The with, uh, Knob Creek, I believe. The no, yeah, the Knob Creek 11-year yeah, yeah. uh, single barrel stuff. It was good. Oh, yeah, that stuff was great. <laughs> but it wasn't the barley wine, which I'm still lamenting the loss of from last year because that barley wine... These chocodiles, Francine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still trying to figure out. Maybe, maybe we could all... Maybe, maybe we can make a quick run to Louisville. On Black I mean, Friday? You usually have to work, so... You usually have to work. That was the thing. Like, last time I, I got up early, got beer, and then showed up to work, you know. <laughs> like, oh, you all right? Fine. Let's just not talk about how cold I am. <laughs> Look, I'm just used to being cold. Uh, but, all right. Um, Take a pass on BCS? Bourbon County oh. Stout. Bourbon County Stout. Well, you're in Chicago, so maybe you have a bias, I think. <laughs> I think yeah, smokes smokes in Chicago. He he has his own local biases. Uh, Look, speaking, BCS is the only thing we can drink from Goose Island. <laughs> yeah, uh, next episode will probably be a big uh, GABF thing. But uh, just glancing through the winning list, I know uh, Revolution Brewing won well, at least one one award. There's a lot of of, Chicago. of names we've talked about. Uh, like Smoke mentioned New Belgium, and then we know locally from Cincinnati there were a couple of places that were. Pretty uh, pretty heavy in the winning. <laughs> yeah, Smoke points out there's seven variants this year. It's gonna get it's gonna. You'll get have all crazy. seven though. We won't. <laughs> yeah, you have access to all of them. We do not. 
Maybe maybe you could bring some to drink tacular. Mm-hmm. Maybe. maybe anyone listening, uh, you want to try some of this stuff? Come to drink tacular. Put it, but putting, but passing the ABM. Yeah, and that's yeah. Again, that's it when it comes to goose. Even when we were doing the video series, that's what we were like. Uh, forget pretty much everything from Goose who, who Island. Who owns what? Yeah, well, when it comes to Goose Island, uh, the Sour Sister stuff is still pretty solid, and yeah. uh, because that's what they still get to do themselves. The they do all the, yeah. the barrel aging stuff. And anything they didn't hand off to ABN Biff to do. Yeah. Is... Oh, that just reminded me. Sorry, I forgot to mention it when we were talking about it yesterday, I guess. Um, at Oktoberfest, I did not see that brand. Um... Blue Point? Blue Point, yeah. The they toast, were not the there. So, uh, oh, that was an interesting thing. We're just cutting in with this at the end, randomly. Sorry. So, uh, there were only, like, I saw two booths that were just, like, the AB InBev booths. Yeah. And there was all the umbrella brands under AB InBev. And they just had, like, a couple booths where you could get a selection of those beers. And there was no Goose Island. There was a lot of Devil's Backbone. There was Stella. There was... God, what was the other one? And then they had like the normal, you know, like Bud Light and all that, all that stuff. I don't recall seeing them at all, but I was also like, yeah, we were, we were kind of everywhere. Everything. Yeah, it, it was. They had two sets of those booths basically, and then like the different spots. Again, if you're still hanging in here, you can see what we saw. Uh, the streams are up yes. on uh, our Twitch page. Have a drink yeah. show. You can go and watch. There's hours of footage of us drunkenly roaming around and shopping. And we will apologize now for the weird auto-focusing that was happening. We weren't always aware of it because we tried to use a different lens on the phone. And the phone camera was not having it. Yeah, because my phone has the the dual camera, which is kind of the thing now. But when we did it with the older iPhone, it was fine. Should yeah. also apologize for the moment Chris handed me the, uh, the the stick, and I didn't realize that the camera was on for a minute. Oh. I went, oh, oh, I should probably be a bit more steady. Well, <laughs> let's just slowly turn around in circles. You might get motion sick, but we were we were pretty drunk. It wasn't too bad most of the time, though, as far as that movement was concerned. Mm. All right. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's going to do it on our third anniversary episode. That was, I mean... It's been a great three years so far, and uh, here's to at least at least three, two more, three more as Brittany toasts with, with her my, naked, juice. naked juice. Look, it's bad luck to toast with water, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not. So, uh, cheers, guys, and uh, <sighs> had to take a drink to us. Hopefully, we hopefully it's another, we have another three years ahead of us at the very least. Hopefully, we can start having more uh, like thousand meetups. years, thousand years have a drink. <laughs> Is, it, is that the goal? Until we get the what? What beer? I don't know. We already had Utopias. What? I'd love to have Utopias again. <laughs> well, you've got a few years before it's going to be available again. And I'll be able to drink then, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. You can follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and Twitch.tv. Basically, everything we're out there. Even if we're we're still trying to understand some things. Come on, we're old. Give it. We we don't understand the Snapchats yet. Don't. The youths today. The youths and the filters. We don't understand it, and it makes us angry. With their hippity hop and their baggity pants. Yeah. Well, you could tell us about that, or your favorite drink, or ask a question. Just leave some general feedback at feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, you can also use the feedback page on the website. Uh, waiting on them carrier pigeons, guys. They'll get here. They may have been brought down. I don't know. We're, we're checking the coops daily. Hmm. All joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Uh, when we go out on Oktoberfests, we lift an Uber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't even I, drunk and walk anymore. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, we, we walked so far yesterday. Especially the pregnant one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, it yeah that was a fight, wasn't it? To get a ride? Holy crap! We can talk about we'll talk about all this with Casey when he's back. We'll yeah. we'll recount. He may have had some of the same issues. Yeah, there might be a whole episode of nothing but stories and catching back up on ride sharing. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a show topic. Yeah, actually. Ride sharing. <laughs> well, drunken ride sharers. Dr- safely, uh, uh, being responsible drinking is is the episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. right. uh, okay, so you can check us out. Uh, by the time this is posted, yes, next Saturday <laughs> for the next live episode. Again, it's that first Saturday in October. Uh, and remember to check out Patreon.com/slash Have a Drink Show. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I am Christopher Walker. We will see you guys for at least another three years and next time. (laughs) Bye, guys. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>